Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in to another edition of the Ots and Audibles podcast. I am Matt Pramer. Scopel is with me as always. And on this Friday show, we're going to dive into the name, image, and likeness news that's come out the last couple of weeks. The NCAA is adopting a model where players are going to be available to profit off of that uh, down the road. And while it may not be ready to go for this upcoming season, we wanted to do an exercise of just kind of what athletes would constitute in our eyes to be able to profit off their name, image, and likeness in a, in a way that re- reflects their on-field success, but also kind of their their off-the-field or court success as well. And it's not necessarily going to be the names that you think of, I, at least in my opinion. Um, all that is coming up on the show today. And before we dive into it, I want to remind you guys, you could sign up for a VIP membership for as low as $1 for your first month and then $9.95 thereafter. You can get an annual membership as well, save huge chunks of money there uh, if you want to pay up front for an entire year. Inside Scoop, expert analysis, read all the content across the 24-7 Sports Network. You get access to insiders like Eric, Kevin Wade, our coworker, myself, and all the other national and regional writers that we have within the 24-7 Sports Network. All right, so, Eric, um, I'll go first. I'll name my my number five player, and then you can go, and we'll we'll work this way through all the way down to one. Um, my the, the athlete that's number five that, that I think is going to have an opportunity to really profit – off name, image, and likeness right now is a football player. He's a running back, but he's not a starter, and he's probably not on the you know second string starter either. Uh, that's Cyrus Avila Keo. I think Cyrus has positioned himself really well um, the last year and a half or so on social. He's a key piece. He scores a lot of touchdowns for Oregon. He's kind of that that short yardage back as a junior going into the 2020 football season. He has 8,000 followers on on Twitter. He has 8,000 followers on YouTube. Um, but he's also someone that's generating a ton of views on YouTube even though he's just got, a, you know, 8,000 followers, which is insane still. He has one video on YouTube that has over 380,000 views. He has another one that's gone over 25,000 views, three more that are over 10,000 views. He has 13,000 followers on Instagram. And most importantly, the reason why Cyrus made the cut for me is because we've already kind of seen his influence happen in a real-world instance. During the spring, or most recently, the early part of May, Cyrus announced that he was doing a fundraising drive for food, food for Lyon County, um, to help families in need in, in the community in Eugene, Springfield area. And he raised over 6,000 pounds that was then donated to food for Lane County. Um, we've already seen actionable 
influence from Cyrus in a very positive way in the community. And this is a guy that's done a ton of stuff uh, that's, I think, actionable and, and relatable and is someone that fans within the community really enjoy rooting for, which would thus in, in turn pull in businesses wanting to partner up with him. Number five for me is a women's basketball player. And I was thinking, you know, there's obviously going to be the possibility of somebody replacing some of what Sabrina did in in terms of jersey sales. I don't know if there's going to be a player they're going to sell their jerseys or not this year. Um, uh, But a player that can be kind of that next one. And I think on the court, you might feel like that might be Sedona Prince. But off the court, I feel like that might be Taylor Chavez. She's obviously a pretty well-known name in terms of she was the Pac-12 sixth player of the year. She was... Oregon's best, she's back to best three-point shooter. She was a big contributor this last season. She's also somebody that is active on YouTube. Um, I, I pulled up her YouTube account. She's got seven videos with more than uh, 10,000 views currently. Um, a lot of them vlogs with teammates. So she's already making an effort, um, I guess, to uh, to kind of build that personality, that that sort of thing. Um, so I think she's somebody that has an opportunity, and also because she's going to be probably the team's starting shooting guard, and she could be potentially one of the team's leading scorers, depending on how that all plays out. Um, already somebody that's already on the radar, which is why I picked her over somebody like a Sedona Prince, who doesn't really have that kind of... Uh, you know, fans that play attention closely or listen to our podcast know we think Sedona Prince is probably going to be the team's best player um, next year, but she's also somebody who hasn't played at Oregon before, so I went with Taylor Chavez for number five. It's a good pick. I have Taylor Chavez... Later on in the list, um, my number four is Jazz Sievers, the sophomore for the Oregon softball program. Probably a little high in this ranking, but I, I think other athletes that or another athlete that's on her team is kind of going to take away a little bit from her ability to to capitalize fully on this until that person is gone. But I think Jazz Sievers is going to be a major player in this name, image, and likeness once it happens. She's got 45,000 followers on Twitter, 88,000 followers on Instagram, and 76,000 followers on the app TikTok, which is one of the hot emerging apps for social media the last six months or so. It's blowing up. It's a video-based app. And she's got basically across the board her videos on tiktok right now have anywhere from 20 to 80,000 views per video so obviously there are a lot of eyes that are on what she is doing off the field from a social media standpoint and on top on the field she's one of the program's best players uh she plays in the infield she's a, a, a very talented hitter a very talented fielder uh going to be an all-conference caliber player I just can't put two softball players in the top two or three just because it's not, uh, even though locally here in Eugene, it, it's just tops, it's, you know, a popular sport. It, it, I think there's a, there's a gap between football, men's and women's basketball, and then softball, but it, it, it's a gap that every year feels like it's closing a little bit every year. But I have Jazz Sievers as my number four as someone that, Probably after college is when she will see a ton of uh, marketability and ability to really capitalize on what she's doing. My number four has next to no social media presence probably, but I think Penny Sewell is somebody who, if there were opportunities for him to market himself, 
this would be the time in terms of being a generational offensive line talent, um, in terms of being somebody that nationally is discussed all the time. Uh, you know, you look at the way these NFL mock drafts have been pu- pushed out and let's be honest here. Football is the big seller. Football is the thing that brings in the, the bacon and brings the money in. And obviously it's not super sexy to play offensive tackle. If you're, if you're looking at it from a, what positions everybody's going to buy the jerseys from. Everybody wants the quarterback or the receiver or maybe a running back. But I think Sewell, you know, if there would have been that opportunity, he'd be someone that would be very marketable. Um, he's not necessarily a big personality uh, like some of these people on this list, but he is somebody that I think is respected by his game, respected for how he plays. I've been watching the uh, the Michael Jordan uh, last dance, and they were talking. You know, one of the things he said was that you know it was easy for him to market himself because his play did the talking. And I think Penny Sewell would be somebody similar to that, where maybe he doesn't have that big profile in terms of his social media influence. Maybe he doesn't have all these big quotes that get all the attention. But if he was had the opportunity to be marketed. Um, so maybe, maybe the, uh, I think we've mentioned at one point, he could do some sort of, uh, work with a, a pancake house or something like that because of all the pancakes he has, but just, just ways to find ways for him to be marketable. I think he would have been able to do that, um, if, if that was available. So he's my number four. I know it's kind of an unconventional pick, but I think it felt weird not to, to leave off probably the athletic department's most noticeable athlete at the moment. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think Penesul is going to have his opportunities if, if, he had, if you know, if this were to be passed right away. All right, my number three is Taylor Chavez. You already included her on your list, but Eric, I I think Taylor Chavez is going to be in a position to maybe see the biggest skyrocket in or spike in influence on the court and off the court of really almost any athlete on on campus at Oregon next season. Um, Maybe Tyler Shuck or Anthony Brown, who wins the quarterback job for the football program, could mm. could have claim to, to that status as well. But Chavez is is a player that I think had Sabrina Inescu not been at Oregon, she would have been one of the better players on this women's basketball team the last few seasons. And certainly she's not as good as as Sabrina. And you're not going to expect her to step in and and. De- you know, replicate everything that Sabrina did, but it wouldn't surprise I me. Mean, you know the women's team better than I do. It wouldn't surprise me if she was a dark horse to win the Pac-12 Player of the Year. I mean, she's a, a sharpshooter from three. She can run the point. I mean, who's to say she doesn't show up next season and average 18 points and five assists per game? And if you do that, you're going to be in the discussion for Player of the Year if, if you're on a team that wins the conference. Um like you said, she's doing a lot of stuff on YouTube that's creating a lot of views. Uh, she's got a huge following on Instagram with over 17 followers there. I, I think we'll see her presence across the board skyrocket over the next few seasons now that she will be inserted into the starting lineup for this women's basketball program in the next few years. Okay, let's recap top three for myself. I have Cyrus... Javi Lakio, the running back for Oregon, Jazz Sievers, uh, softball player for the Ducks, Taylor Chavez, a women's basketball player. Eric, you have, um, your, who are your top two right now? My, my fifth and my fourth were Chavez and Penny Sewell. That's correct. So we will take a break. Eric will give us his third and then we'll continue this list coming up on the Austin Audible's podcast. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to the Austin Audible's podcast. I'm at Premier Scopo's with me as always. We're kind of giving you our top fives for athletes that will have opportunities to take advantage of the name, image, and likeness if it were to happen today. Uh, that the NCAA is, is working on implementing. Um, we've given, I've given my top, my fifth, fourth, and third athletes on campus. Eric has given his fifth and fourth, and you're up for your your third your third athlete. It's a repeat that we've you've already stated. It's Jazz Sievers, and I unfortunately you've done a very good job of running through all her numbers on social media. The following she has, um, she works for, she frequently works with another athlete on this list who we'll talk to later. And clearly, this athlete is also um, I'm guessing on Matt's list, probably near the top as well. But I, I think she has built herself that way, and I know, and this is the thing where it gets kind of confusing because we're going to go, boy, you got all these softball players high up on the list here, but they have huge social media influence, and that is what we're talking about, and those are the people that can really monetize this, and that's where it gets kind of weird because you're talking about, like, you're going to tell me, like, the, the, the team, the player who's, like, fourth on this, the women's softball team in hits is going to have the third most influence of any athlete on the university campus from the 2020-21 athletic calendar and that sounds kind of crazy but I think that's kind of the reality of, of what this is and I think you look at Jazz Sievers she's going to be uh, we should also say an up and coming star she's a very good softball player I, I mean I minimize the fact that she was not at the top of the program on hits this last year but she's a very good player um, and like we said like Matt established earlier she has a ton of followers on all those platforms and that's really the way um, that you could monetize things going forward. So Seavers was my third. I know Matt had her a little further down the list, but um, I think somebody that you definitely need to include here when you're talking about most influential. Okay, I cheated for Uh-oh. my number two because I I included their brothers, so I included them together. Pene and Noah Sewell. Um, I, I feel like we're, that's going to be the combination that's going to play out if this were to happen today. Um, Penny Sewell obviously is the top offensive lineman in the country. Uh, you brought up the obvious cash, you know, the obvious move of pairing him with a breakfast establishment for pancakes because in football, the terminology is a, you get a pancake for knocking someone onto their back. And offensive linemen obviously have, uh, the highest frequency of accumulating those. And, you know, offensive linemen typically are the bigger guys on the team. They, I'm not going to say this for Pinay, but generalization of the position, for the most part, those guys like to admit that they like to eat. 
so obviously right there um, is that combo. But then you throw in the fact that Noah Sewell has a better following on social, and you throw in the fact that he plays defense, he can play running back, uh, and will play running back in some capacity at Oregon. We don't know how much, but he's Chris Ball has said as much. Uh, I think this was very close for me being number one. Um, but I think the lack of off-court branding that these athletes ha- don't have right now compared to my number one is what did it over the top. But it wouldn't surprise me if, if Sewell, the Sewell brothers explode and, and social influence the next, you know, year or so. Here's a really, I'm just going to show, I'm going to get to my number two in a second. Here's a really bad marketing campaign. What if it was a pasta chain using the fact that his first name is Penne, which is a type of pasta. <laughs> that one, and, and offensive linemen, they need a carbo load and they, and you know, it's him eating his pasta. Uh, the, the Penne pasta specifically is, is like the special Penne stool dish. There you go. So um, Pepe and Giannis wants to get on that, hit us <laughs> up for a little finder's fee. <laughs> yeah, finder's fee on that one. Although you'd be, I think, breaking NCAA rules by doing so Probably. at this point. But uh, <laughs> I know that just popped in my head, and I realized that was really stupid. But um, the things I say that are really stupid that I know are uh, stupid. Anyways, uh, we got a free shout-out to Pepe and Gianni. <laughs> there you go, Pepe. Take that if you need it down the line here. If Pepe were to come back and this were somehow a possibility, there you go. There's your marketing campaign. Uh, my number two is Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, he came to Oregon as the number one rated recruit in program history. He comes to Oregon with all sorts of expectations. He lives up to those as a freshman. He is a, I think, a very marketable person. He has a big personality. He, uh, he's he's a funny guy. He's got a great smile. He is smart and engaging when he speaks. Um, I think he's somebody who, when he does get to the NFL level, um, and there are opportunities, and, and if he, we should say, if he continues to be the star he's been in college, and he is a top draft choice, you know, a top two or three draft pick, and obviously we've seen in the early mock draft looks towards when he would come out in 2022 that that's where they kind of have him. Some have him even as a top pick. But I look at him as somebody who maybe the social media stuff isn't quite there. I don't have those numbers pulled up right in front of me right now. I know he does have a following. Um, that that he would be somebody that would be easy to build a marketing campaign around. He'd be easy, easy to sell, I think. Um, because, A, he's a great football player. Everybody is very well known on campus. B, he's, like I said earlier, somebody who I think has the personality to be marketed. And, and also... You, you go and you look on YouTube and stuff, his videos as an athlete in high school and in college have a lot of interest in views. And so uh, I think Kayvon is somebody that when the, the, the opportunity is there to monetize his, his brand will do very, very well to do uh, in doing that. And obviously that might not be during his time at Oregon, but when he goes to the NFL, I could definitely see him being maybe the most, I, I don't know, influential Oregon brand to come out in a while from a football perspective. Obviously, it's hard to com- compete with what Sabrina's been, but um, I think he's somebody that has a chance to have a very high ceiling with this stuff um, going forward. I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I did not include Kayvon. And, and I thought about it, and I just I just didn't do it. But now that I'm hearing your speech about it, I mean, he's got 20,000 followers on Twitter alone. I mean, we haven't even – I haven't even pulled up Instagram. Um, he's a player that that's going to have a ton of marketability, like you said, because he's just a good dude. He's super smart and he's very talented. Um, on Instagram, he has seventy thousand followers. So yeah, he might be the guy from a football standpoint. Now, now that I think about it, that should be number one. Um, so. 
kudos for you for nailing that one. Uh, my number one, though, goes back to the softball team. And honestly, Eric, like... We have the same number one. We have <laughs> the same number one. <laughs> yeah. And that's Haley Cruz. And if if it weren't for Sabrina and if it weren't for Justin Herbert, and everyone said, well, Justin Herbert's a robot. Well, look how many... If you follow him on Instagram, now that he's got an Instagram, uh, look at how many businesses are quickly attaching to him because he is getting a ton of sponsorships that he's throwing out there on Instagram right now. Um, I would have argued in a heavy manner that him and Sabrina were 1A and 1B, Sabrina probably being the top dog uh, for influence off the court for, for Oregon athletes this past season, but Herbert would be very close. Haley would be just behind them. She's that popular. 116,000 followers on Twitter. 167,000 followers on Instagram. She only has 4,000 on YouTube, but she's got three videos, and the the lowest view count for one of those videos is 8.5 thousand. Her highest <laughs> is 25. She has yeah. 377,000 followers on TikTok. 1.2 million views on one video alone. Most of her other videos are above 100,000. Haley Cruz is going to be the athlete that really becomes a huge player in influence and marketing off name, image, and likeness at Oregon to the point where possibly even more than, than a, a Sabrina or, or a Herbert, not because I don't think Haley Cruz is going to sign some, you know, mega deal with Nike and get her own shoe like Sabrina did, but she is going to have a ton of brands come at her and want to to link up and do collaborations where every month, every week she she could get a a $10,000 request, a two, you know, a $20,000 request because of how big her social following is across multiple platforms. It's not just she's huge on one. She's she is uh, she has massed a humongous following on multiple levels and in my mind she she's not just a softball player that's showing access to, you know to to what a college athlete is, you know, what their life is like on the field, off the field as an athlete. She's an entertainer. She's an athlete uh and, and she's doing a ton of stuff uh, that's from a comedic value um, and dance value. She she does all those viral dances that you know everyone on TikTok does, and uh, she's got a humongous reach and a humongous following on social. That she's number one in my eyes. It was a runaway uh, for Cruz at number one. I think we both agree on that. Um, it, it, she has to be the choice. And when we, we discussed this prompt, I think both of us probably that was the first name both of us thought of. And it was also timely that it was announced over the last week that, um, or about a week ago, uh, that she would be returning for her second senior season. Um, obviously she was a part of the 2020 t- team as a senior, but that season got canceled. The NCAA, um, extended some goodwill to allow her to pl- come back for another year. Once that took place, this list was pretty easy to put together. I think what we should also acknowledge is it's kind of, it's pretty cool and pretty interesting that when we put together a most influential, a, a you know athletes that could benefit from their name and likeness the most, that three of the five athletes for both of us are women's athletes, and yeah. I think that's that says a lot. I mean that and that tells you a lot about how times are changing. I I almost guarantee for a fact if we did this prompt right around the turn of the century, around 2000, 
we would both pick probably five athletes, and it'd probably be like four football players and a men's basketball player, and that's who we would pick. But now we're picking softball and women's basketball players, a couple of football players. It's hard. I think the men's basketball didn't really have an easy choice uh, in terms of somebody that we could could point to. But um, it's it's a strange. It's I think it's a strange. I think it's a great thing. I should. I want to make sure. That I think it's a good thing. It's but it's 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 kind of crazy how different that is from where things were probably even five to ten years ago. But social media has changed that. And it's pretty clear that that's a way for women's athletes to really monetize themselves. And I think that's a great thing, um, that, that they're able to be hopefully celebrated in ways that male athletes have been for a really long time um, and that they can make some good financial gain off of it. So good on them. And, and again, I think if I'm sure when we do this prompt, maybe we'll do this prompt again sometime in uh, the May of 2021, uh, and we'd be looking ahead. I bet you there would be a lot of women's athletes that remain on that list too. Obviously, there won't be a Haley Cruz to kind of put at the top, and maybe we'd have a, a male player there. But um, I think it speaks volumes to that. I think it's pretty interesting and kind of cool to reflect and, and realize maybe how far things have changed and, and kind of the differences that we're we're dealing with now in terms of the way women's athletes are, are, are at least appreciated from a social media perspective. It's it's leveled the playing field. Mm-hmm. Is is what it has done is because. Traditionally, you would think, okay, we're going to allow athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness. That means we're going to see what, like a car dealership, you know, automatically pair up with some kind of athlete. And that guy's going to endorse, you know, a local car company here in town that sells cars. And then we're going to get, you know, a pizza joint that's, you know, the biggest pizza joint in Eugene, or that could be whatever it is. And, you know, maybe, maybe we see, uh, some kind of, banking company or, or, or what have you. And typically they're going to just gravitate towards the, the athlete that's the most recognizable. And that's still, that's still a factor, no doubt about it. And it's still a big factor and probably still the number one factor, but it opens up, I think a lot of other opportunities for smaller chances of, of making money and, and opportunities where a company like, let, let's just say there's, you know, uh, uh, some some kind of softball company that's out there that that wants to market their their training equipment. They could literally go to Haley Cruz and and tell her that they want to agree with a, a some kind of a marketing plan where she creates one video a week, and for every hundred thousand followers or for every fifty thousand followers. They'll pay her two thousand dollars for that one video. So if if she's got three hundred and seventy thousand vol, you know, followers on TikTok, and she's kind of creating one video per week, of you know, using that that company's product and endorsing that product, and they pay her, you know, two thousand dollars, three thousand, four four thousand dollars a a video. I mean, we're talking tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars on something that is very small from a company standpoint and spending yet humongous life-changing money for the athlete or let's throw out a let's throw out a local company here in town that that makes ice cream for, for example and they want to you know healthy ice cream and they want to you know pair up with five or six different U of O athletes that cover the male demographic, the female demographic, the older demographic, the younger demographic, and they could, you know, they could spend ten thousand dollars out over three athletes a month for three or four months, and and literally hit every single target demo, opposed to just pairing up with one athlete 
and hoping that 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 one athlete, you know, gets you all the return that you need. Um, I, social media has opened the door, I think, for a lot of other athletes to be able to profit. Not everyone's going to be able to do this, and and for whatever reason, um, there, there'll be lots of other reasons why they can't. But I think it's really changed the game in terms of traditional and now new age marketing. And then one other thing that it's really changed, I think, is um, these these athletes, as, as their social followers grow, can push their own products, right? Yeah, I know, and I think that's a thing that'll be interesting to see, too, is uh, this is a brave new world we're about to enter with this, and it's going to be something where in 10 years from now, it'll just feel like this is the way it's always been, and, and this is really cool, and... Look how we're now getting all of these ways to see athletes a little differently because they're they're finding ways to kind of build their own brands. And I think that's going to be cool. But it's going to be some weird growing pains here of, like, understanding what all of this means. And you're right. There, certainly it's possible that you get to a point here where, yeah, they create their own – not only do they have their own brands, but they have own products attached to those brands. And that you have 17- to 21-year-old athletes who are building their own mini little – yeah, they're their own little careers before they even get out of college and, and their own little nest eggs financially, even if their playing careers after college don't pan out. And I think that could be something that motivates these athletes to really kind of be creative and figure things out. Because for someone like a Haley Cruz or a Jazz Seavers, possibly even a Taylor Chavez, there's not going to be that big payday waiting at the end, where which is what you have for a Kayvon Thibodeau or a Penny Sewell who are going to be signing multi-million dollar rookie contracts in a couple of years. Um, and there's going to be that built in. So some of these athletes, the Haley Cruz would probably be a great one. If she could find ways to come up with uh, T-shirts to monetize herself or, or whatever it is, or, or I don't even know, beauty products. I, I don't know what her interests are, but and, and, and tie that into what is already a brand that, like we've established, has a really far, a far reach, a huge reach. You're right. That can be a way that that'll change things too. And, and yeah, you're going to, I think this is, it's going to be a really different feel for how everything is because I think we're going to get on, get to know these athletes in a lot of different ways. I mean, I, we already talked about their social media and some of it is viral dances. Some of it is, you know, joke videos, et cetera, et cetera. But there's also going to be opportunities for, uh, to watch them vlog or talk about what's going on and what, what it's like to be a student athlete. And that's going to be a, a way that, you know, you, you, every now and then you see, Outlets do a day in the life with an athlete thing, but that's us telling their story. Now you could give them the opportunity to, to tell their story and to build brands off of that. So I think all of this is actually really exciting to kind of see. And I think there's going to be a lot of kind of unexpected positive thing that come from this. And I think it's, that's, what's going to be kind of fun is that to kind of just see how this plays out over the course of the next five to 10 years. Um, it's going to be, like I said, a completely different world, but I think it's an exciting one. And it, I'm just excited for the athletes that they have an opportunity to, to do this and, and to make money off themselves, I think it's about time. And real quick, we'll wrap this up with this comment, just to show you how these athletes can now profit off of just their own social reach and the you know the brands and the followings that they've created. Let's just go with Haley Cruz for a second. She has 377,000 followers on TikTok. Let's just say that 10% of those people want to know. I mean, how many times have you watched a video and said, wait, how did they do that? Right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So she comes out with a video of how I create my TikTok videos. And let's just say 10% of those people that follow her right now want to know and are interested in learning how to create the videos that she's doing. That's 37,000 people out there. 
and then let's just say 25% of those people then buy the links through Amazon and her affiliate marketing campaign that she's created of, you know, buy these, these pieces of equipment that I use to, uh, film my, you know, my videos and to edit my videos and the, and the props that I use and, and what have you. Let's just say 25% of the 37,000 or so you know, followers that are interested in making, you know, learning how to do these videos actually click on her links to buy it. Now you're at 9,425 people and typically, you know, Amazon, a typical order, I looked this up, a typical Amazon order is $70. So let's just assume that half of those people end up spending $70 on a purchase at Amazon that she's getting affiliate marketing to. And then she, she generates 5%, let's just say, of commission for that. That's $16,000 off of one video. I mean, that's in, that, that she just didn't get before that, that she just couldn't accumulate. There was an athlete at UCF a couple years ago that was a kicker that was doing something similar to this and was monetizing off his YouTube page. And the NCAA said he either needed to give all that money back or quit college football because he was profiting off his name, image, and likeness and the branding and the and the marketability of his own brand. And he chose the money because it was, it was making so much money. And that's how much, you know, like, like you said perfectly that, you know, Penny Sewell and Kayvon Thibodeau and Justin Herbert today, you know, and Sabrina is, is kind of the unique example, but a lot of these other athletes that aren't men's basketball and that aren't football, they don't have these huge paydays waiting for them when they are the best at their sport in their, on their team or, in their conference or in the country. They don't have, you know, those millions of dollars waiting for them. And so if you tell me that Haley Cruz could create 12 videos that generates 12, you know, $16,000 per video in revenue, I mean, that's almost $200,000 in money that goes to her pocket off of her name, image, and likeness. That's kind of, I mean, it's not easy to, to create those 377,000, you know, followers on TikTok, but that just shows you just the possibility of how much money you can make real quick. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Austin Audible's podcast. Thank you for listening to this show. We'll talk to you next week. Eric Scopel, I'm Matt Frame. You're listening to the Austin Audible's podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Adios, amigos. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.